Well, thank you, everyone. Am I gonna, I'm going to say Happy Christmas because it's kind of festive, isn't it? Um, today, I'm going to be speaking to you about peace. And I have not had a peaceful week, let me tell you. If anyone's friends with me on Facebook, I did five loads of laundry on Friday because my little girl decided to get poorly. She's watching online with Ben, her daddy who's at home. So, hi, Abigail. Hello. I've got a milk it, you know, I've got the mic, I've got the opportunity to. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to be talking about peace. And I want to ask you, first of all, what do you think peace means. What, what do you think of when you think of the word peace? Is it quite a cute kind of ideal? Is it um, peace and quiet? Is it um, the line in Silent Night, all is calm, all is bright? Those kind of conjure up a Lindor moment. If you've seen the advert, the Lindor moment, the ladies, the fire lit, candles are twinkling, she's got her big cozy jumper on and even bigger socks, and she enjoys a moment of peace with her chocolate. I mean, it sounds lovely, doesn't it? But peace at Christmas time, my Christmas doesn't feel like that. I don't know about you, but there is a lot more hustle and bustle this time of year than any other time of year. You know, we, have, we make plans, don't we? We have plans to meet up with people. We go the extra mile. We have plans to give. We have plans to um, meet up with people. We, have to feel, we feel like a bit of pressure to impress, to give. They're, they're probably going to give me a present, so I should probably give them a present. They're kind of the pressure to turn up. It doesn't feel peaceful sometimes, does it? And it leads me to the question, can peace actually, this, I mean, the answer is yes, by the way, to this question. Otherwise, this would be a terrible preach. But can peace fit into the everyday 21st century life? Is there a place for peace in this life? The other idea of peace is when, you know, have you ever seen like the beauty pageants or beauty pageants in films? And they go, what, you know, what's the thing you want most in the world? They go, world peace. I'm like, well, that's a lovely idea, but that relies on every single human being liking each other at one precise moment in time, which is a bit of a tall order. Like, I know that there's God in everything, but we're all human. Like, that feels impossible. So is, can peace truly be a reality in my everyday life? Like I said, the answer is yes. And I'm going to hopefully <laughs> help us all out a little bit with that. But something tells me that there is more to peace than meets the eye, and that peace is for life and not just for Christmas. In the Old Testament, the word for peace is shalom. And you might have heard that word before, the word shalom. And it means to be complete or to be whole, which is a beautiful idea. But again, that's a tall order, right? Because I am not complete And I am not whole. I'm a broken person who does silly things on a regular basis. It's a tall order and it sets a target and an expectation. And people work and strive for peace. And it becomes religious. And I'm not knocking, obviously, the Old Testament. But if you understand the Old Testament, God imposes a lot of laws. And shalom is to be complete or to be whole by going through rules, regulations, rituals. The prophet Isaiah in um, chapter 9, Isaiah was a prophet in the Old Testament and he spoke forwards and he spoke of a different kind of peace. He spoke of a person who would bring 
peace. And Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, 7 prophesies about the prince of Shalom, the prince of peace. And he says, I don't know why I highlighted it in blue, because I can't read it. It's on the screen, I think. It says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. There is a prince coming that changes the script. And I don't want to assume or presume that everyone knows, but this is talking about Jesus. This is talking about Jesus who's going to be born, who's going to enter this world and change the order of things. And in the New Testament, that's what happens. The first four books of the Bible, the gospel, start with the arrival of Jesus. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. And the word used for peace subtly changes. It's no longer shalom. And I learned this this week, and it was a bit of an eye-opener for me. And it's actually, the word changes to, and I can't pronounce it properly, I'm sure. So apologies in advance. Irene. E-I-R-E-N-E. And what it means, rather than to be complete or whole, it, it means to restore what is broken to wholeness and completeness. So it's no longer that peace has to be man-made. It's no longer that peace comes out of and is a result of my human effort and my best intentions. No, the Prince of Peace comes and he creates peace. He creates it and peace is now available because of Jesus, not for Jesus. A subtle difference. So I said there is a place for peace today. There is a place for peace in your life, which might not feel peaceful at the moment. But I'm going to unpack a little bit about what... Um, there's, oh, there is a clock. Good. Because this, this just did not stick to time yesterday. But... Um, I'm going to unpack, a pe- unpack peace a little bit and hopefully encourage us all with some takeaways about how we can realize the perfect peace that Jesus creates and wants to bring into our lives this Christmas time and, like Rhys said, the gift that keeps on giving every single day of our lives. So let's go on a journey together. Okay. So like I say, Christmas... Christmas is life in overdrive, right? We can all feel a little bit frantic and frayed at Christmas time. Is that a fair statement? You know, life gets busy, doesn't it? It doesn't have to be Christmas time. It can be any time. Life feels a little bit full on. We're getting a little bit frayed around the edges. and Things feel a little bit frantic. You, know, you might have deadlines at work. You might have deadlines at uni or at college. You know, kids get sick, five loads of laundry. You know, it feels like life is going a little bit 100 miles an hour. And I don't know about you, but it's at those points in my, in, in my life, in, in whatever season I'm in, and I start to overthink things, and I start to over-process things. Have you ever, are you, is anyone else here good at overthinking? Yes. My husband is excellent at overthinking, um, but I have my moments too. So, you know, it's one of those things where one thought leads to another, 
and you start thinking about all the possible, you start to entertain all the possible scenarios of how things could go, possible consequences as well. And I'm also, questions start rattling around your head. And because there's no one else to answer those questions, you answer them for you. And then you start to catastrophize things. And you start to put words in other people's mouths they probably would never say to you. But, uh, and all of it, and you start to lose your sense of peace. And things start to spiral, and you start to have a really good flap about things. Anyone else having a good flap at the moment? You can have a flap, it's okay. Life happens, and that sense of calm feels like it's gone. And have you heard the phrase that, you're, that something's robbing you of your peace? Which, again, I'm going to come back to, because I think it's not actually the peace that gets robbed, it's something else. But uh, I'm going to just give you an example of how I overthink at the moment. And then this is, if you take nothing else away from today's message, this illustration and what happens next, I hope will be at least one good takeaway. So this is an example of my current way of thinking and how I've caught myself overthinking this week. Okay. So I found out a couple of weeks ago that I'm actually going to be having nine of us coming to Christmas this, this year. And that's glorious because last year, obviously, the things just weren't quite going to plan. But that means I need to order a turkey that feeds at least 12 to 15 people because, you know, there are three grown men coming. And I need at least enough for Boxing Day and to have a buffet afterwards. And I want to have a one, at least one good curry after it. So I need, but that means that I need to order, order it in advance. And I've got people coming who can't eat that, but who people who want to eat that. So I need to order two varieties of that. And then... I am driving down south to see my family, which means that I need to wrap the presents and have them bought, therefore, before we travel. And I don't want to do a four-hour drive in one go, so I'm going to need to probably book a hotel. But then we have to be back for church on the Sunday, so we're going to drive part way home and then stop in a hotel and come up early. And then All right, all right. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Right, we're going to do this one more time, because if you want to press record on your phone to get your ringtone... Then you can have it. Okay, so Rob, do it one more time. All right, all right. Calm down, calm down. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. <laughs> that worked. Rob's preaching next week. It'll be a few more words than those two. But calm down, or in other words, be still. Be still. Yes, there are things to do. Yes, there are plans to make. Yes, life requires us to be organized, be on top of things, make decisions. But in all of it, be still. Psalm 46. uh, This is what I'm saying. So peace sometimes isn't the quiet kind of cute peace. Sometimes peace needs to shout and slap us about the face sometimes and call us to attention. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be honoured by every nation. I will be honoured throughout the world. Now, this is not a cute verse. I don't, have you, I've sent this verse to a few people before now, you know, sending friends who are going through it. I'm like, be still and know that I am God. Like, just, it's okay. Have you read Psalm 46? I read Psalm 46. And I was like, oh, okay. It's a little bit. So yes, be still and know that I am God. But actually, be still and know that I am God is God commanding us to stop what we're doing, 
to look at who he is and look at what he is doing and listen to what he is saying. Psalm 46, go home and read the whole thing. But verses 8 to 11 says, Come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction, hello, upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow, snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Well, that's a bit different to a Lindor moment, isn't it? That is a bit different. So we need to stop sometimes, stop what we're doing and realize that God is far greater than it all. And, so, and sometimes we need to realign ourselves with what God is saying. And sometimes peace needs to shout at us and go, will you get a grip? Come back to God. You've forgotten God. In Luke 8, Jesus and his disciples are in a boat. They're crossing the waters and a storm kicks off and Jesus is asleep. How dare he? He's asleep. And the disciples are freaking out and they're panicking and they want to, they're, they're, they're worried quite rightfully and they wake Jesus up and they're like, will you help us out here, please? And Jesus goes, calm, does what he does. He's Jesus. He calms the waters. He's, the storm subsides. And in verse 25, it says that the disciples, once everything had calmed down, so in the so-called peaceful moment, are amazed and terrified. Peace in the eye of a storm, when the storm is raging around us, can feel a little bit not unsettling, but actually it's right where God would have us be because what they forgot, what they no- forgot to notice, what they forgot to realize, they knew that Jesus could do something, but they forgot that they had the Prince of Peace in the boat with them. And sometimes we need God or peace to come in and shout at us and go, have you forgotten that I'm with you? Have you forgotten that I'm, that I'm in the boat with you? Yes, there's a storm around you. Yes, you know, life isn't perfect. Yes, things happen. But God is in the boat with us. The, the person who creates peace is in the boat with us. And sometimes we need to remember that. The second kind of peace kind of fits the brief or the, the idea that we all have. And it is, it, I can't, we, it was quite fun to try and spell this to Ben when he put the slides together. It's calm. <laughs> it's and breathe. So once the storm has happened, once the storm has subsided, once the rage inside of us, and we sung about it this morning, once all of that has calmed down, it's calm. It's a bit more gentle. It's the moment after the chaos. It's when order is restored. It might be where forgiveness has been given or forgiveness has been accepted. It might be where that healing or that breakthrough has finally arrived, be it medically or miraculously. You can finally see the wood for the trees. And it's just that moment after all of that noise and disruption and things have settled. But I think that actually this kind of 
realization requires quite a bit of effort on our part and i think it's right because it's it's it causes it, it means we have to change the way we think imagine god as a father for a moment and you're a young child and you climb up onto his chest and you snuggle right in peace that's a moment of peace and that is a safe place but like i say it requires a conscious decision for us to get to that place peace can only come after we've recognized that there is something that we want to come up to God and hide away and run away from, be it unforgiveness, bitterness, hurt, doubt, fear, anxiety. We have to recognize that those things over there, I don't want in my life. I need to go and and they're robbing me of what I could have. And so I need to run to God, my father. It requires a conscious decision and a conscious effort Psalm 91 verse 1 to 2 says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. It's beautiful, but how many conscious decisions in verse 2 are there? These declarations that, I have to, that I'm consciously making, which means I have to consciously decide are true in my life. This, he, he alone is my refuge. He is my place of safety. He is my God. I trust him. That is a lot of I choose to say and choose to live statements. So how can we make sure that that conscious decision is our default? It's our first go-to when the storms kick off, when the things are raging around us, when things start to feel a bit frantic and frayed. How can we make sure that our first response is, I trust him. He alone is my place of safety. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High, that's where peace is. But we have to consciously run to God, pray about everything. Tell God what we need and thank him for what he has done. And then the ah comes. But we have to go there first. God is there with open arms, ready and waiting to give you, to create the peace that you desperately want and you're desperately seeking and that is needed in this world. But he says, you need to come first. You need to realize first because God's a relational God. And he is longing desperately for you. This peace is soothing, but it requires us to make the first move. So here's a question. Are you, can you recognize the conflict in your life, the disruption? And it might not be a huge thing. It might be a little subtle thing, but it's niggling away at you like that dripping tap. And it's just, it's, it's just rattling you a little bit. But are you settling for quiet instead of peace? Are you avoiding or ignoring or have you actually not yet noticed 
the dripping tap or the noise around you. At Christmas, we celebrate the Prince of Peace coming to create perfect peace with God. And that peace resides in us through Holy Spirit. It's available to us through Holy Spirit. So consider your relationships this Christmas time, because Christmas is all about the people, yeah? Spending time with people, gathering together. Are you, gonna, are you settling for quiet, anything for a quiet life? Let's just avoid it. But actually, we're not addressing the root, and we're not allowing peace to rule and reign. Perhaps we need to take action this year so that we can allow real peace, the peace that Jesus promises to come and set up camp in our lives. Which leads me to the perfect peace that Jesus promises. This is fruit of the Spirit kind of peace. John 14, 27. John 14 is quite possibly my favorite chapter in the entire Bible. John 14, verse 27 says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. I mean, that's just gorgeous, isn't it? That's the most comforting verse you can possibly read. It's fruit of the Spirit peace. It's when I am born of God, when I know I am am saved by grace, when I know that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, the fruit of the Spirit can be realized in my life. And Sarah preached about joy last week and the difference between joy and happiness because joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's deeper than our emotions. It's deeper than our circumstances. The same goes for peace. Peace goes deeper than the circumstances around us. So things can feel frantic. Things can feel busy. Things might actually be busy. We have, you know, there are many moments when we do have a lot on, but that's okay because we have peace and we can ride it because we remember that the Prince of Peace is in the boat with us. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, you being God will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So here's the deal. If you want the perfect peace that God promises, if you want to receive the gift of perfect peace that Jesus says he leaves to us and creates for us, then actually the responsibility on us is to make sure that we are right with God. We cannot have the peace if we do not have the relational, the relationship with God. Our peace is only protected and is shored up and is as strong as our relationship with God is. Romans 8 verse 6 says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So again, if you take nothing from today, take this. Your relationship with God is crucial. If you're going to have peace, if you're going to have joy, if you're going to have any of those good, wonderful, God-created things living and active in your every single day, in your living and breathing, a strong relationship with God equals an immovable and an unshakable peace. 
The relationship comes first. We are meant to and we are called to live daily in peace. But that requires first that we surrender to God and we declare, like it says in Psalm 91, I trust him. I trust him in my every day. I trust him to come through for me. Peace is not just the absence of the conflict. Jesus doesn't take away the conflict, doesn't take away the disruption, doesn't take away the disquiet. But rather, he just makes sure that he, he is with us through it all. So in Luke 8, when the storm was going on around them, Jesus wasn't worried. He was in the boat asleep, but he was in the boat. Perhaps we need to make sure that Jesus is in our boat this Christmas and every single day. So as we start to close, my, the, my, my overriding point is, is Jesus in the boat with you? Is, Jesus, um, is your relationship with Jesus tight today? And you might think to yourself, yes, he's, he's in the boat, all is good, that's great. Make a conscious decision to declare every single day that he is in your boat. You see him in the boat. He is your default go-to. He is your first response and you trust him. Declare it. Maybe, he's, maybe you've rowed off and you forgot to put Jesus in the boat. Maybe you need to come back to shore. It's a weird illustration. And invite Jesus back into your boat. Because actually maybe you've realized that things have got frantic and frayed and you are, start, you are losing your sense of peace because you've forgotten to involve God in it. Perhaps you need to let Jesus back in your boat. Or perhaps you've never picked Jesus up before. Perhaps for the first time you need Jesus in your life and there is opportunity for all of us today to respond. I read a really interesting thought this week to kind of wrap all of this up and it says that grace and peace are like twins do you know in over half the books of the new testament they over half of them start with a greeting that goes along the lines of grace and peace to you grace and peace are like twins but grace always comes first because you cannot have the perfect peace of god until you've experienced the perfect grace of God. You cannot rest in his perfect peace that he would create for you until you've been wrapped in his perfect grace. We celebrate at Christmas that Jesus came as a baby to grow into a man, to die a death that we could not die, that we deserve to, but to pay a price that we could never ever pay. We have to realize that if we want the peace of God in our lives, we have to recognize first God in our lives and be sure of our salvation. Be sure of our future and our hope in Jesus. Ensure that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior. The Bible scholar John Henry Thayer describes peace as this. The tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation from God and content with its earthly lot, whatsoever sort that is. Are you assured of your salvation in God today? Are you assured and, and certain that every single day you have God living and active in your life? Is he Lord and Saviour every waking moment of your life? We get to acknowledge and remember at Christmas time. And perhaps this might be the first time that you remember and acknowledge this. 
the Prince of Peace arrived to live the perfect life we never could. Remember, Old Testament, we strived for peace. And at Christmas time, Jesus arrived to create peace. And by living the perfect life and dying the death that he died, he allowed us to experience the grace of God, which can bring us perfect peace. So how do we need to respond today? How do you need to respond today? There are different, maybe you need to calm down. (laughs) I do. Sometimes I need to calm down. I need to stop trying to do it. And it's very difficult. I get it. Because actually a lot of us, most of us, are very capable individuals. And it's very easy to go through the motions. But actually, it's very dangerous sometimes as well to go through the motions. Consciously decide, perhaps before the week starts, but when you go home today, take a moment and allow Jesus to calm you down. to shout at you if he needs to, to get your attention? Do you need to actually realize and have a moment to just breathe and to climb up into the shoulder, between the shoulders of your father this morning and let him rock you and encourage you and calm you down? Because you need to, and that means that you need to recognize that there is something to run from. There is something to hide from. There is some, there's a fight over there and a storm over there that I need to get myself out of. I need to seek the peace of God. Or is it that you need to remind yourself every single day to consciously, because actually at the moment, it's all right. You're good. Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but let's not take that for granted. Let's keep that front and center so that it is every single day our first response to run towards our father our lord and our savior or do you need to today make jesus invite jesus to be your lord and your savior like i say he is ready and waiting with arms open wide to welcome you maybe this christmas time why not this christmas time why not today don't wait two weeks Why not today, on the 12th of December, make a decision to make Jesus your Lord and your Saviour? Because you need that peace like nothing else. And you might be sat sat there at home listening online right now, or you might be sat here in 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 the building, and no one else knows, but all that inner turmoil is eating you away inside, and you need the perfect peace. Well, you can't just get the present without welcoming the person who gives it. Why don't we welcome Jesus into our lives today? I'm going to pray if the band want to join me. God, I thank you that you came to change the script when it comes to peace. You no longer want peace and demand it from us. But God, you want to create peace in our lives. And you want that peace to overflow and ripple out, out of our lives, to be a witness to everyone else that, yes, life can be hard. But with Jesus in the boat, we can smile at our storms because we have you in the boat and therefore peace is able to rule and reign. God, I pray for every single person who is listening to this, whether they're in the building, whether they're watching online or they're catching up on a different day. I pray that we would all experience your peace like never before. You know, why don't you just, COVID and everything, so whether you're comfortable 
popping your hand on the person next to your shoulder or you just want to extend a hand out. You don't have to know them. You know, we don't have to know all the ins and outs, but why don't we pray for each other and pray for Jesus's peace right now? God, I pray for every single person who is watching and listening and in this room or watching online. I pray for those people around me, Father God. I pray that they would remember to engage you in their lives. I pray for your peace to be so real. Lord God, I pray for the circumstances that we're all facing, the good, the bad, the struggles, God, even the good things can sometimes cause us to flap a little bit. But I just pray that in all of that, we would remember your goodness. We would remember your peace. We would remember your intention towards us is love and hope and joy and a future that we could never, ever gain on our own. Father, I pray for every single person here and wherever they're at with you, Lord God, I pray that you would be right now closer than you've ever been before. Would you be right up close to them in their boat? Would you be getting into their boat for the first time or the next time when they've forgotten you, Father God? When we forget to engage you in our lives, God, we're sorry, but God, we choose right now to come back to shore and welcome you back into our boat. God, I thank you for Christmas that reminds us that, God, there is a new peace, a perfect peace readily available to us. And I pray that every single one of us would chase after that with arms open wide, with hands open wide to receive not just the gift that you want to give us, but receive you into our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.